Welcome to the Side Action Podcast, the sports gambling show that covers everything in the world of sports betting from A through Z. We'll cover the four major sports as well as anything and everything in between worth some action and we'll increase the size of your bankroll. And here we go. All right, welcome to the Side Action, episode 79. That's episode 10 of season three. My name is Jim Weglars, a.k.a. Weggs. You can follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and Instagram. And this is Steve Roberts, a.k.a. Action. You can follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. Follow the podcast at Side Action Pod on Twitter and YouTube. So how was the big Pinehurst adventure? You uh, hit the links and Mm -hmm. took a nice drive. Yeah, it was nice. We had a great time. Passing through Middle America, we went through the Smoky Mountains and got some hiking in. I think we touched on that last week. And then mm-hmm. throughout the weekend, played a few rounds of golf, watched some football with the family. We got a big upset of the Michigan Wolverines, first yeah. time in 32 years. So wow. That was big for the family. My brother, it was funny, he texted everyone and said, for the first time in my life, I can tell you that we beat Michigan and it feels effing great. <laughs> <laughs> no, aster- no asterisk either right good. they're good this year indiana's good this year yeah they sure are so it was nice we had a good time got home late last night so i'm still mm-hmm. trying to catch up on everything here how was your weekend well it wasn't too exciting i um you know didn't have the shockers this weekend so that's kind of a hole in the in the schedule but didn't do much friday night saturday ended up you know, meeting some friends. I got a nice walk in. It was beautiful weather in Chicago on the weekend mm-hmm. and got got some nice mileage in both Saturday and Sunday. met a friend on Sunday and got a nice walk in. And then I met some friends, you know, as we talked about last week, everything's shutting down again in Chicago, but it was nice enough to be outside. I hit Pacino's Grill, which is a really cool spot, kind of a secret spot for our podcast listeners. Um, near the driving range on diversity in Chicago, and it's a really cool open lawn area. Got some drinks there with uh, Seema and Ridgeway. And then on Saturday, I watched the Bears game at O'Donovan's on the, uh, you know, the nice. covered patio with uh, Johnny Ulrich and his wife, Mary Beth. So I hadn't seen Mary Beth since May because she's been in Michigan almost the whole time. And then, um, yeah, that was about it. I mean, I didn't do I, – I drank probably a little too much, but I, I had a good time. And then I – Killed it, buddy. Man, I was 4-0 on my bets this week, buddy. Profits. The last three weeks, I've been like, I think I'm 9-2 and two overall or something. So I'm doing something right. I mean, we're doing better than our picks, but I mean, I'm definitely picking the right spots, mostly sides uh, right now. And not even live. Those are all pre-flop or at least, you know, usually before kickoff. That's a great run, 9-2. and two. <laughs> Yeah, a little comeback. And putting some. I mean, we're not talking about major cash here, everybody, America, but... There's still units one way one way or another, so trying to put that to good work. Yeah, it's the building blocks of your bankroll. So That's keep right. it going, That's... and then you can stretch it up a little. Yeah, like like season one, I was doing well in season one. Last year was more of a, a learning curve. <laughs> so, all right, well, let's go into the week. Uh, you know, let's do some COVID updates. This is what we do now. COVID is spreading across America despite the news of a potential vaccine. We've got tons of players across the league action. We've got five Pittsburgh players, including Big Ben, uh, which I guess he's going to miss the game. I'm not sure if that's official, but usually you have to when you're on the list. Um, I don't think he's tested positive, though, so it's just oh, one of the, okay. it's a contact tracing ordeal. So Thank goodness. Um, and then he's got some other players there. You've got five Bengal players. I guess the same thing applies maybe, the – where they're in the contact tracing program for defensive players, which is not really good when you're facing Pittsburgh. Uh, we'll see. Um, then you've got Baker Mayfield. Now he was, he's a contact trace or he tested positive? Also a contact trace, I believe. Okay. Yeah. So he can still play. And then in Denver, you have this Shelby Harris defensive end and uh, Jake Martin for Houston. I didn't check today. That was just two days ago. So God knows what you got, but um, you can see that this is a proliferation across the league. Yeah, and actually kind of remarkable when you compare it to the amount of cases that you're seeing in NCAA football that oh, yeah. more players haven't gotten sick. I think it's quite a da- drastic difference when you look at the college ranks as opposed to the NFL. Yeah. So 
It's hey, I'm just happy to have football, even if a few college yeah. games a week get canceled. It's no skin off my back. I think they're doing a good job to uh, sports fans just to get out there and play when they can. We didn't talk about this in college. You know, we're usually talking NFL all the time. The Clemson got knocked off by Notre Dame. That was a huge win for Notre Dame. The first win over a number one team since 1993. Uh, that was the Charlie Ward Florida State team, and they rushed the field. Yeah, <laughs> that was a remarkable game, man. I saw in the news last night there was up to like 200 positive cases just from the field rushing. <laughs> Unbelievable, and I'm sure that they're gonna. They have to play Boston College this week. I wonder if they're gonna play that game. It'll probably be a no contest, but we'll see. Um, anyway, back to the NFL. Just thought that was crazy. Um, okay, so NFL, we've got um, you know the Road Warriors continue to dominate in the NFL this year, probably because there's no fans. The you know home teams only won five of the 14 games. That's five and nine this week. Mm-hmm. Um, where the road teams took nine games, and the same for the dogs. I'm not saying they're all were road dogs, but favorites only five wins this week to nine dogs i mean it's just incredible if you bet i don't know the full season numbers but i mean you'd be way profitable if you bet bet dogs all season wouldn't you action oh yeah i mean this has been the year of the road teams and the underdogs there's no doubt about it and Mm -hmm. i think that we've talked about how home field advantage has diminished this year but for me now i think we have to even take it down another step and put it almost under half a point in some mm. cases. Well, that's good. We'll talk about that more on this week because I have some ideas on this one. Uh, but this is the week that flipped back. It's been unders kind of, you know, balancing out with overs. But this week was a huge over week, 11 to 3 in my count. Tons of games going over. I'm not sure what would explain that except that maybe an overcorrection by the books. And I did not take advantage of that action. Yeah, me neither. I didn't really get involved in too many totals this week. Um but I think it's probably more generated just by the matchups that we saw than anything else. Um, the one game that I think surprisingly stayed under was that Sunday nighter with Tampa Bay and New Orleans, two Ugh. offenses where uh, one of them just failed to show up. Exactly. And this guy is a champion from the transition because my first positive point had to do with the Saints. Nice job, action. Uh, Saints are still the, the – I didn't put the king of the South. They own the South. Uh, we kind of talked about this. This was one of our picks that we took Tampa. We thought that was a good pick. I did mention beforehand, you know, we're on that, you know, a little bit, are the Saints going to give up the division? And obviously they were not. And I ended up, as I told Action before, via text, I bet the money line on the, on the Saints. I just had a feeling. And Drew Brees, they just kicked the shit out of fucking Tampa. 38-3. to It was not pretty. They only, they held it. Tampa to 194 yards, and I think it took them four drives to get first down, if I'm not mistaken. And now the Saints are a plus 300 to win the NFC uh, as the favorite in the in the uh, conference. Yeah, I went to bed before halftime, Wags, because yeah. it was over. And oh, yeah, it was over. I stopped watching. I think that we traded some texts that the biggest difference in this game was the New Orleans defense, in my mind. Mm-hmm. They finally showed up in a big spot and played tremendously. They were getting into the backfield. Cam Jordan and his counterpart on the other side, some guy I'd never heard of before, was just in Brady's face on, like, every play. Mark, Marcus Davenport? Uh, it may have been him. I, I don't recall. Um, I don't know that name, but you, you're probably right. But I, I just didn't expect that. And the secondary played equally well. And uh, the Buccaneers couldn't get anything going on the ground either. The Saints just totally dominated that first half. Yeah, it was... Um... And I, I, they kept showing certain angles where it looked like it was raining but and kind of windy, but it didn't affect Breeze. He looked mm-hmm. amazing. He just And it wasn't like he was throwing deep, but it was just zipping the ball all over the place, hitting like nine receivers every time on every drive. And and the Taysom Hill show, too, he had a, he had a couple of nice plays in that game. They just – it looked like they were another class above Tampa. The only thing I was going to say, and I don't know if this is in your negatives about Tampa, is that – you know, Bruce Arians is a really cool guy. I think he's a one of those, you know, players, coaches. He's just kind of like, you know, kick it and have a bourbon with the guy or something. But at the mm-hmm. same time, I don't think he is a big game coach. I just I remember when he coached Arizona and they had a really good football team and they went to Carolina and really just got pimp slapped like this. Um, and they went in and got destroyed by Carolina in the NFC Championship game. Very similar circumstance. You thought they were kind of maybe the better team or they're hot or whatever. 
it's and I'm not saying it's all him, but it does seem like a motivational thing. It it almost like they felt they came in thinking they were better than the Saints, and mm-hmm. the Saints obviously uh, you know showed them otherwise. Yeah, Sean Payton definitely a cut above Bruce Arians in the coaching department, <laughs> and I think you're right. That was a huge, huge uh, hallmark on that game Sunday. Right. Uh, well, the next one I had was the Bills. You know, we did pick this game. Uh, the Bills won outright. They were actually a dog at home. Uh, we like this team quite a bit. They put up 44 on this horrible Seattle defense, uh, winning 44 to 33. I don't really think it was even that close. Um, my guy, Josh Allen, he's not going to win the MVP, but he did definitely outduel Wilson in this one. And I think you identified it correctly. This was a sandwich spot for those uh, Seahawks. Yeah, big game this week against the L.A. Rams. And Russell Wilson wasn't his MVP South either. I think he threw for two interceptions against Buffalo, mm-hmm. a defense which really hasn't put up much resistance against offenses this season. And right. on the other side, Josh Allen was phenomenal, 415 passing yards. Yeah, he was great. The offense was great. Uh, they did everything they could against that Seattle defense. I mean, I, I think Seattle, I mean, they scored some points later, but – it just doesn't bode well for their postseason to me. They they really got to figure out how to shore that team up, that defense up, kind of like New Orleans. You know, if New Orleans they find something midseason, maybe they can do it. Um, the other positive I had again, I know this is like another repeat, but Dalvin Cook, this dude, he took that time off to just get tougher. 200 yards rushing in this one, destroyed the Lions. He had two more touchdowns. They won 34 to 20 again. Not close in this one. Um, Dalvin Cook will take on the tough Bears defense this week, but Dude took also took the rushing title already away from um, Henry so far, and he's he's played like three less games. Yeah, yeah, he is awesome, and really kind of changes the Vikings' offense quite a bit when Kirk Cousins doesn't really have to do much, just hand the ball right. off to Dalvin Cook. So they're certainly a different team to face when Cook is in the lineup. And mm-hmm. uh, although what, historically uh, Chicago has given them some trouble, so we'll talk about that a little later, I think. Oh, look at this guy coming my way. Uh, this one you put on here, Kyler Murray, um, who actually, you know, there was a close game, and obviously uh, we picked Miami in this one, but he had a hell of a game, a good all-around game in this one, didn't he? Yeah, incredible. The best quarterback performance of the week by DVOA. Uh, what can I say? I mean, as a fantasy owner, it was a game that you dream of, 283 mm-hmm. passing yards, three touchdowns, and over 100 on the ground. Just an epic performance by Murray, but uh, they could still not get the win with Miami Dolphins, another one of our picks, mm-hmm. getting to the window with a 34-31 victory, and uh, Cliff Kingsbury with a couple of questionable decisions there late in the game that probably cost the Cardinals the win. Well, Miami's defense has now scored you know, in two straight games, right? Um, they had True. a special team score two weeks ago, so... They're getting it done in other ways, even with, you know, Tua. Tua played well in this one, too. Um, but, yeah, it was a pretty classic matchup of those, you know, former Heisman contenders. I guess, you know, Kyler's the one who edged out Tua in, um, I guess it was two years ago. Yeah, true. How about some negatives here? Uh, the first one I have was your boy. He's not your boy, but he is now Philip Rivers in big <laughs> games, man. We, we actually picked the Colts in this one. From the stats, we did talk about it. I remember mentioning, dude, Philip Rivers, can you trust this guy? And he just stinks, man. Two interceptions in this one. They lose 24 to 10. Now, granted, Ravens did get a, a fumble return for a touchdown that the defense actually played fairly well on this yeah. one. But 25 passes complete for 227 yards. That's not even 10 yards of completion. Um, so just garbage. And then, I don't know. I just, it's one of those things that makes me not trust the Colts in big spots because of Rivers. And, I, you know, classically, I, I've been a Rivers guy, especially in fantasy late, but I don't know if he can do it for the Colts. Yeah, I think it's uh, not necessarily something that you can count on every game, but certainly when he's under pressure, he's not the same quarterback. And you've seen that bear out in his stats this season. I mean, you could say that about most quarterbacks, but sure. for Rivers, it's certainly more drastic. And the Ravens, again, were having pressure in his face all, all game. And he went 0 for 4 in those situations with an interception. And then, um, obviously, the untimely fumble by Jonathan Taylor down to the yep. first quarter when you, I'm sure the whole audience saw Philip Rivers trip and then get trampled by the DB as he scored the <laughs> touchdown. 
But that was really the change in the game. I feel I still feel like if that play didn't happen, the Colts had a legit shot at winning that game and covering for they, us. They did. They did. I mean, it was that was a critical play, but you know, the Ravens did what they needed to do and just kind of stonewall the offense at that point. So played well. And you saw the Ravens flip after halftime too. The Colts totally shut them down in the first half, and Harbaugh and Jackson came out in the second half and just started throwing all over them which I think the Colts did not expect, and that was the difference in the game. They made the comeback in the second half. There you go. Uh, we hit, we were on this one. Uh, Mike Tomlin, as a heavy favorite, stinks. Uh, this just in. We, we told you last week, and it came true. They should have lost this game outright action. Uh, they were heavy favorites as we had. I think in the contest, was it 13 or 13 some? and a half. 13 and a half. They ended up winning 24-19, but with a late score, um, you heard here that Tomlin is good of a coach, and he's actually had a really good year so far. He he almost made all the survivor people sweat it out and and lose it out. Um, there were a couple of actually of those this weekend, and ultimately they did win the game. They maintained their undefeated record, but Tomlin with those big totals tough to tough to cover. Yeah, especially on the road. And uh, Garrett Gilbert almost got it done. I thought the Cowboys were going to pull that one out. It would have been kind of cool. But, he was pretty uh, good. He was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, he was uh, certainly way better than Dominic or Ben DiNucci, whatever his name is. <laughs> yeah, I was curious. They, they were saying this too on the broadcast. Why did they play DiNucci in the first place over this guy? He was in the AAF, and and you know, for those who don't know football that well, that was kind of a defunct alternate league last year. And he was Spurrier's quarterback on on their team. I think it was Orlando. And he looked pretty good, at least in the highlights. He's mobile. He's got a pretty good arm. He had a couple. He had a really bad throw in the red zone uh, late in that game that probably maybe that cost him the game, or at least kept them within a field goal. He threw that pick in the end zone. He's kind of getting hit. That was stupid. But other than that, he played really well. And I mean, he's going to give the Cowboys a fighting chance in some matchups. Yeah. Uh, last one. Uh, <laughs> this is like a repeat. We're on repeat. Chargers blow lead. Uh, against the Raiders. Now, in the de- their defense, they probably should have won this game. I mean, if you looked at the replay that they reversed, they, they called it a touchdown on the field and reversed it. I don't know. I mean, it was, somebody wrote on Twitter, I think it was Mitch Moss, he's like, you know, if this was in whatever game, it would have been, it would have stood and they, they would have won the game outright. But they ended up losing 31-26, but again, they blew another lead. Yeah, another heartbreaking loss, but again, Justin Herbert yeah. was awesome. I mean, he's got to be the front runner for rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. 326 passing yards, two touchdowns, zero INTs, right. and he is just playing really well right now. It's too bad that he plays for Anthony Lynn. Absolutely. Well, he won't be next year. Don't worry. True. Uh, okay, some injuries of note. Uh, Gardner Minshew is out. That's why he was out last week. He didn't play. It was kind of a late scratch. Um, he's got a thumb issue. Joey Bosa is in the concussion protocol for the Chargers, which may factor into our handicap coming up. Um, Tampa, I have Levante David. He did leave in the game uh, with a questionable with his knee. Maybe that factored in in the run game. And then Kyle Allen um, for the Washington for the Washington football team. He's out this week with an ankle injury, and Alex Smith played. He, he actually connected with uh, McLaurin for a touchdown mm-hmm. when he came in. We'll see if they can still score. And then you just added, and it's true, I saw this, uh, Christian McCaffrey, he played great against the Chiefs. Too bad he hurt his, his shoulder and he's going to be out again this week. Yeah. It's questionable whether or not he'll have to have season-ending surgery. It sounds like they're still on the fence about that with the AC joint, but looking like he's definitely not playing this weekend. Yeah, he's gonna he's getting a second opinion so he can avoid that season shutdown, which – for those fantasy owners, man, a disappointment, right? I mean, he's only played like two games all year. Um, what can you do? Well, let's jump into the Week 10 previews. Um, you know, obviously, tonight as we're taping, your your team's playing. The Colts are going to Tennessee. This is a great matchup. Uh, I saw that, yeah, the Colts are now the favorite in that one by one point. I mean, I can see it. Great defense on you know, run defense against Derrick Henry. I don't know if you want to talk too much on it since it's going to be playing, but yeah, I mean it's a wild move. I think there was some two and a halfs at one point this week, and now mm. all the way through zero. The Colts are favorites by one here about an hour before kickoff. It's great matchups for the Colts across the board. I think we just talked about the Colts 
not playing well against pass rush, and Tennessee has none of that. So I expect right. that they'll have some success throwing the ball. But it is a tough spot just going on the road on a short week inside the division and coming off a, a probably a, a tough physical game against the Ravens. Certainly not a good spot for the Colts. Right, absolutely. And that's something we missed on the handicap with Pittsburgh. Usually that Pittsburgh game, you know, Pittsburgh after the Ravens game, they do get they get a little beat up, so it's mm-hmm. a good point for future handicap. Here's one on the card that we could maybe talk about. Uh, Washington's going to Detroit. Your your new alma mater here, your new team. I, I don't see your Stafford jersey. Um, <laughs> they open Detroit opened as a three and a half point favorite at home, forty six and a half total. Uh, right now, you don't have a total for Circa, but it's around that 46.5 I see, and the Circa line is still 3.5. Um, interesting game here. I, you know, we've I've chased Washington before. I don't feel great about them, even though defensive line and all that. Um, they haven't covered first in the contest. To me, it's a stay away, but are you are you interested in Washington here? No, not at all. I don't, I mean, uh, you touched on it earlier that Alex Smith played quite well last weekend. I think he threw for over 300 passing yards, but mm-hmm. I do not trust Alex Smith whatsoever. I certainly liked Washington a lot better with Kyle Allen under center. Right. But on the other side, I think that there may be a question with Matthew Stafford. I'm looking here mm-hmm. on the odd screen, and very few books have the number posted. So right. I think there may be a, a COVID issue potentially. Mm-hmm. Um Either way, I would be happy to pass this game. What do you think? Yeah, I'm passing. I don't like either of these teams. You know I don't like Detroit. Sorry. Sorry, Action. Yeah. Your, your adopted team. That's okay. But, um, but, you know, Washington, I want to believe in this team. I want to believe in their defense. And sometimes they – actually, last week is a good example. I was We, we talked about them. I, I wanted to take them last week. They were at home against the Giants. Did you know? I don't know if you looked at the box score. They should have probably won the game, except they they had five turnovers in the damn game. Yeah. You know, that's the only reason why. I was like, how did that? I looked at the numbers. I'm like, the Giants didn't do that much. Oh, they got the ball five extra times. Well, you're going to lose. Um, you know, so it was, you know, they obviously lost by a field goal and they had a chance at the end. But, you know, it's just a team that's kind of figuring itself out. So it's hard to trust. Let's go to the next one. Yep. This is an interesting one. Uh, the Jags are going to Green Bay. Green Bay is a 14, uh, open as a 14 point favorite, 55 point total. The total's down to 51 and a half. And in the contest is 13 and a half, which is sort of a favorable number. This is going to be a survivor Titanic pick, FYI. I don't, we could maybe talk a little bit about that separately. Um, and I've considered them. It's a big number. Jacksonville does stink, but they showed a little moxie last week. I don't know if they're going to try to win a game this another game this year, but would you still back the you wouldn't back the pack at that number? No way. You know, I don't think so. It's really tough for me to lay those types of numbers in this league with teams yep. that aren't named Baltimore or Kansas City. Right. But uh, I'm not sure that I want to back Jacksonville either. I think despite Jake Luton, yep, Jake Luton. That's right playing well and throwing for 300 yards and they got the cover against Houston. To me, I think the outcome of that game was more of an indictment on Houston than anything else because the Jaguars stink and Jake Luton, I don't think is the answer. So I would fully expect that Green Bay gets right in this one, but I'm not sure I want to lay it with them. Yeah, I don't want to lay it with them. I think we talked about it last week and Green Bay played obviously very well at San Francisco and won big Green Bay is more susceptible against good running teams, right? It's, it's, it's what they struggle against. Passing teams, I think they play okay against. They have a decent pass rush. Not the Jacksonville's either. But um, it's not like Jacksonville could pound the rock and yep. throw it down the throat. So another stay away. Mm-hmm. Here's another one. Philly going to the Giants. You know, this is kind of this interesting situation where the Phillies back off of the bye. They open as a three-point favorite, 41-point total, super low. Totals up to 44 and a half, and it stayed at three. I kind of saw it float up to three and a half, but Circa's making the contest three, three-point favorite for Philly on the road. Uh, it's a dangerous spot to me, uh, action. I don't, I don't know if I can back the Giants, but I, at three and a half, I would consider the Giants, but three, man, it's a terrible number. And um, ultimately, I don't like the Giants at all, but they are playing better. You said that last week. To your point, they beat they beat Washington. And as good as Philly is, they've had nightmare problems up in uh, up in New York in the past. Yeah, 
I would only look to one way in this game, and that's with the underdog division Giants. Mm-hmm. I was really hoping to see three and a half come up, which is pretty much painted across the board right now. Mm-hmm. I was surprised to see a three, to be quite honest. But I mean, I, I just you kind of half expected Philadelphia to get a little healthier going into this week after the bye, but the right. injury report doesn't really bear that out at this moment. Deshaun Jackson still looks like he's going to be out. Even Miles Sanders may not play again this week. So right. I'm not sure that I'm interested in Philadelphia. They just haven't really shown me anything this year. Right. No, I agree with you that it's it's one of these things. This is a game that they should make a statement, but I don't know. It'll be a, a struggle, and, and maybe the Giants have found something. Defensively, they're playing better. They are yeah. They are playing better. So we'll just stay away from these, the, 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 top, the top three games off the card already. Uh, how about this one? Tampa is going to Carolina. We talked about McCaffrey. Um, Tampa Open is a six and a half point favorite. I'm not sure where you saw that one. That I saw a lower. Well, I guess that's right. Six and a half. Um, and 47 point total. They're a five and a half point favorite, right? Um, at, at, on the road and a 15 and a half point total. So, I mean, uh, steady Teddy. Do you believe in steady Teddy? I, I, I kind of believe that this week, that's a big number to cover for Tampa, but I think Tampa's going to come back and smash Carolina. I don't know if they're going to smash them. I don't know if I'm stomach up five and a half, but I think they're going to win this game. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I am just have a sour taste in my mouth after Sunday with mm-hmm. Tampa, and I know that we shouldn't think that way. Each right. week should be treated separately, but uh, – Carolina is a team that's been covering numbers as underdogs. Teddy and the Panthers did it again last week. And the thing that impressed me the most with that, at least the first start of that game, is that the Panthers came out and showed that they felt like they could win that game on the road in Kansas City. They scored their first touchdown and then had an onside kick, a fake punt, I think it was. And uh, they came to win, and they almost did. You're right. They had the ball down at the last, last couple of seconds and missed a long field goal. But uh, I think that Carolina would be my side here. And even without Christian McCaffrey, I, that doesn't really move the needle much for me at this point, given how well Mike Davis has played in his stead. What do you think? Could you well, – I, I know you like Tampa. And, well, I do, but I think the five-and-a-half is favorable, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 a, I mean, a, ro- a home dog, five-and-a-half. I mean, you know, let's put it as a maybe. Okay. Uh, I think that, you know, we have – Chase Tampa two weeks in a row, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. and um, I don't know. I just it's just hard. I, you know, I, I think the one of the things from the game you know, against the Saints was I thought that the defensive line for Tampa played really well going into the previous to the Giants game. Right. And then the Giants game, they played OK. They played well late and they didn't do anything against the Saints. The Saints just big boy, them, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Carolina, I don't know what their offensive line's like, but that's, you know, they were just moving the ball at will on, on Kansas City. So, yeah. And we'll see. It's definitely one I'll consider with you. Remember, they did play once already this season, and Carolina was covering as a seven and a half point dog on the road until uh, Fournette broke a long touchdown with like a minute and a half left to cover as a two touchdown victor. So, right. They, they already played him well once this year. They did. They did. Okay. Keep it on. Keep it. Keep it in the mix. Uh, okay. So Houston is going to Cleveland. Your your favorite Houston punching bag here. Uh, Cleveland open as a two point favorite at home. Fifty five and a half point total. Now they're up to three and a half point favorites at home and a fifty three point total. Baker, we're not sure he's going to play. Right? Maybe that's, that doesn't matter. <laughs> I think I think Baker's going to play. I, I haven't seen any yeah. reports of a positive test, and uh, he obviously hasn't been practicing much in the last week and a half mm-hmm. um, with the bye and then now this week. But I, I think the biggest injury news in this game is likely Nick Chubb is going to return to that Browns nice. backfield. And okay. I think it's kind of clear now after a few weeks hiatus that Kareem Hunt is not the workhorse back that Chubb was early on in the season. Right. With him back in the fold, I expect that the Browns will be able to run all over the Houston defense. And uh, I think that uh, the weather is looking pretty crappy this weekend in Cleveland, which is only going to help the Browns as well, given that they just had that same experience 
two weeks ago in the game against the Las Vegas Raiders. So I like Cleveland in this one, even with the three and a half hook. I think that's a story. It's definitely not going to be a popular pick. So, you know, with the three and a half, uh, I think that when I look at the numbers against the index, it is one of the numbers that's low, right? They should be four and a half, five point favorites at home. I wasn't sure if that three and a half was because of Baker being out, but um, either way, I think we're on the same side there. I think Cleveland's the pick. Okay. Good deal. I mean, obviously we'll keep an eye on the Baker status, but um, even if they well, do go to that, that matters. Do you think it matters? Yeah. You think Case no. Keenan can do it? I mean, he can do it, right? He's. I mean, Baker hasn't played that great, so. Right. He's certainly capable of handing off to Chubb 25 times. <laughs> there you go. Um, okay, great. Uh, next one, Chargers Miami. Uh, the Chargers actually Miami opened up the three-point favorite at home, 48 and a half point total. It's only two and a half in the contest. The 48-point total. Am I missing something here? Uh, I don't. Is this one of these like as as Action likes to say, fishy? There's something fishy lying here or something. Something doesn't smell right. Miami's the better team, right? I mean, I I'm I'm seeing it on my system that they're better. Yeah. Well, both record and and my index puts them better. Uh, Maybe overwhelmingly better, but they're you know there are a few points better in the index. How many? Char- like, what does your numbers make it? I have, uh, let's see what I would put this game at. I mean, with the home field, I think they should be three and a half, four point favorites. I don't know why they would. I mean, if you're saying it's only a half a point, then three point favorites. So I guess the number is right. But my thing is, why do we think Anthony Lynn's going to cover this number, right? I mean, I think that. It could be the same scenario that we've seen. They they go out to a big lead and lose. But Miami's defense is pretty good. And I think that Herbert's going to struggle in this spot. You know, traveling out east, I know it's a later spot. But, I don't know, you like the Chargers here? Yeah, you're right. It's a good point. 405 start. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't catch that in my first look. I do. I like the Chargers. Mm. I I think you mentioned it earlier, this Miami defense, since Tua has taken over as a starter, has really kind of carried them. I think mm-hmm. if you add in the special teams touchdowns and the defensive touchdowns, they've scored uh, almost half their points, either from the defense special teams or on a short field after a turnover. And yep. Tua hasn't really put up a lot of yards yet under center. And uh, I did a quick math on the YPP. I know we haven't talked about that much this season, mm-hmm. but Miami is actually a negative net margin on YPP, negative uh, 0.4, mm-hmm. where uh, the Chargers are, are just a hair over treading water at 0.1. But I think that when you look at the way Justin Herbert has played this season compared to Tua, I think I would take Herbert, even with Anthony Lynn in this case. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. I don't know, action. It's tough. I mean, we we've, we've chased the Chargers quite a bit this season. Um, they're number two. They're number two in yards per game. Uh, they definitely put up the yards. Uh, they score middle of the pack. Um, I don't know. I mean, would would Bosa's health mean anything to you? Yeah, it's certainly a factor. I saw that concussion protocol. Certainly something worth monitoring. Bosa is a huge factor in any game. I, I think he's probably one or a couple of handful of defenders who mean something to the point spread. So it's certainly worth monitoring. I think we're on opposite sides here, Action. I don't think I can get okay. on your side this time. Okay. That's okay. Agree to agree, disagree. You know, one of those head-to-heads from season one. Um, let's go to the next one. Buffalo, back in the 4 o'clock spot again. Uh, Buffalo is going to Arizona this time. Uh, Buff, or Arizona's a three-point favorite opener, and the opener and 49-point total. Only one and a half in the contest and a 56-point total. So the total shot up. We know why both you know they can both teams can score one and a half point hold, one and a half points at home for Arizona. Look, I guess kind of narratively you would think Buffalo's a better team than Miami. Buffalo won at Arizona, but unfortunately my numbers do not bear that out. The Cardinals mm-hmm. are better than the Bills. Um, you know, I know. I think it's the Bills' defense that's winging them out. You know, pushing them out. And one and a half is a low. Like I'm already seeing that. At, I didn't check today. Maybe it's down, but it was more like two and a half at Rivers yesterday. 
So this seems like a really good line for the Cardinals. I don't. Am I missing something? Yeah, definitely two and a half painted across my odd screen at the moment. So an interesting line put up by the Circa folks here. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. Um, you know, I just question the Arizona defense, and I know that Buffalo's defense stinks just as bad. Right. I looked back at Arizona's game logs this season, and they've only played two decent offenses. When you throw right. out the Niners in week mm-hmm. one, and uh, both Carolina and Seattle have put up at least 31 points on them. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I fear that Buffalo is going to throw all over them. And mm. uh, for that reason, it just makes it tough for me to want to back Arizona. I okay. think that Kyler Murray has been playing well, too. I love the over, even at mm-hmm. the inflated number of 56. Mm-hmm. Bet it before we jumped on here. But um, sure. I'm not sure about this one. I'd like to set it aside. Maybe we could talk some more Saturday. Okay. Good. We're running out of games, but yep, let's do it. Uh, Denver against Las Vegas. Let's just keep doing this. Uh, Denver at Vegas. We've got... Um, Denver, I'm sorry, Vegas Open is a four-point favorite at home, 51-point total, up to five in the contest, five-point favorites at home, 52-point total. Whew, uh, I don't like either of these teams' action. Um, we I, Early in the season, you know, I was all over Denver, and then they kind of came back to earth uh, with everything. Vegas' defense sucks. I don't know. I mean, the over would be in play. Five points seems like a lot, though. I don't know. I, I don't feel great about taking Denver here, but what do you think? I, I like Denver in this game. I think that Las Vegas is probably riding a little bit high off of that comeback miracle uh, victory against the Chargers last week. And Denver, although they got beat in Atlanta, which was a bit surprising to me, I mean, this is a team that's getting healthier. I think they're returning two cornerbacks in the secondary this week, which should be helpful against that Raiders passing attack. And I, I think that they're in an underdog role here. And Drew Locke has been playing well in the past couple of weeks, so I could back Denver in this game plus five. Mm. Okay, I knew you were going to say that. Uh, he did. Actually, loves the loves the dogs, man. He loves the dogs. He's got his dog T-shirt. Sometimes he picks the wrong ones. Um, okay. Well, I mean, I guess if I'm going to choose between that and versus another game, maybe I'd take it. I just. I mean, God, I like Drew Locke. I mean, they played good against the Chargers, but everybody does. Everybody comes back yeah. against the Chargers, right? I mean, they played, they played well against the Patriots. What's Denver's What's Denver's rush defense like? Because I mean, obviously that's the Vegas thing. They they're gonna run the ball. They 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 have been chucking it deep quite a bit too. But thirteenth ranked. Okay, middle of the 13th. pack. Back. Nine in total defense. They're twelve against the pass and thirteen against the rush. Okay. It's a typical Fangio defense. They're mm-hmm. in the top ten, not outstanding. And Vegas stinks, right? They're way down. Oh, and rush defense? And, yeah. and anything, any defense. They stink. I mean, they're yeah. probably 30th or something. They're dead on. Look at that. Hey, 30th, I remember last week. Um, okay, well, we'll just put that one aside. Uh, all right, next one, Cincinnati is going to Pittsburgh. We talked about that. Pittsburgh opened as a 10.5-point favorite at home. 49-point total. Now it's down to a 7-point favorite at home, 46.5-point total. Division rival here, you know, this road dog narrative, you know, especially division road dogs is coming all over the place. You know, I always said the the Bengals are one of those covering machines, especially in this role. Don't know if Big Ben's going to play. Would you get on board with Cincinnati? Are they going to be outclassed again like against the Ravens? Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, I've seen this Cincinnati offensive line try to protect burrow against legit pass deep rush defenses and it does not end pretty so right right i think that joe burrow could be under a whole heap of trouble this weekend and and to be honest with you with or without big ben i think i would like to lay it with pittsburgh yeah rivers has the number at at six and a half i like that a lot better than the seven uh i'll probably do that closer to game day but we'll see i don't know about in the contest don't love the number um, let's go to the next one. <laughs> Tough week. Uh, Seattle's going to the Rams here. Uh, the Rams open as a one-point favorite at home, 53.5-point total. In the contest, they're two-point favorites and a 55.5-point total. 
Am I crazy to be all over the Rams action? I know I'm on the favorites, the short favorites. I know the, the, the narrative is the road divisional short dog is the pick, right? That's kind of the yeah. narrative this season. But, I mean, the Rams are better than Seattle all around, except for Jared Goff. Um, I mean, the Rams aren't going to have a trouble scoring again against this team, and everybody scores against Seattle. So I don't see the Rams have a legitimate defense, don't they? Yeah, they're uh, they're definitely a top ten defense, eighth ranked. Mm-hmm. Um, I just can't really understand this number. If if the Rams what? are such the surefire play, why is it only opened at two and trending towards one in some spots? Uh, well, the last time you saw Jared Goff, he sucked against uh, against Miami, right? He threw true. four, he had what three picks and a fumble or something. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I kind of feel like they're being undervalued, but I mean, maybe they're not that good. And Seattle, I mean, certainly this is a huge game in the division. I mean, they've yeah. got Seattle has kind of not been playing as good as they start off the season, and and traditionally Seattle plays really good against the Rams, right? No matter where they play, but. I don't know. I mean, so you you think you'd be on Seattle here? I would lean to Seattle, definitely. Um, I think that Russell Wilson is probably due for a little bit of positive regression as well against that Rams pass defense. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. We probably should set it aside as well, unless you have a real (laughs) strong conviction about the uh, Rams. Yeah, I'll be betting the Rams on Sunday. But, I mean, we don't have to do it in the contest. I think that... It's I have a hard time back in Seattle right now, not overall, but in this type of spot. If the, if it was, the number was three or three and a half, I might go Seattle, right? But it's just it's under a field goal. I mean, it's yeah. an open at one. I don't know. It's weird. One thing that I am going to keep my eye out for is the status of those running backs. Both Carlos Hyde yes. and Chris Carson have missed the last couple of weeks, and. Uh, it's looking like Carson is trending towards playing. So him being out there would be a major game changer for the Seattle offense. Okay. All right, next game. Uh, <laughs> uh, San Francisco against New Orleans. This is obviously a lot better game preseason than it is now, whereas Seattle, I'm sorry, New Orleans opened as a 6.5-point favorite at home, 53.5-point total. Now it's up to 9, 9-point uh, nine favorites and 50-point total. Obviously, San Francisco, Jimmy G is not going to play again, right? It's going to be – who are they going to start? C.J. Beathard this time? They probably should. I don't know if it's Nick Mullins or whatever. Uh, I assume that Mullins is going to start again. I haven't seen anything to the contrary. He stinks. Yeah. And then, you know, New Orleans coming off the big win, you got to figure a little bit of a letdown. Nine points is a lot. Um if this was a normal a normal New Orleans, you know, with fans, I think they have like 250 fans or something, right? That's like 3,000 fans maybe in there. Mm-hmm. Then nine points makes sense. It's just too many points, though. Yeah, I agree. I think it has to be San Francisco or pass in this game. But I don't think I want to do it. I know. So, Me so neither. I we should pass. It's been a whole 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 week of passing. So the next one, this, there's, here's another good one. Baltimore going to New England. Uh, Baltimore opened as a seven-point favorite, 40.5-point total. They're still a seven-point favorite, 43.5-point total. So, you know, Baltimore obviously had the big win against the Colts, uh, looked great. New England, I don't know what to tell you. This team is uh, annoying as hell, um, but they they were, you know, you were right on the Jets, right? They should have won this game outright. Uh, and I did bet them at whatever it was, eight and a half. So I got I got my money. Nice. But um, it's Baltimore all the way here, right? Oh yeah, this is my favorite pick of the week. <laughs> okay, good, good. I saw enough on Monday night. The Ravens are going to run for like 250 yards against New England, and they're going to have no chance to cover this number. I think right. that Baltimore, even on the road, even against Belichick, this is a totally different New England Patriots team. Right. And I think that Baltimore will cover the seven. So here's a little, let's get back to the survivor tilt. Would you take yeah. Baltimore versus Green Bay in the survivor? No, I don't think so. <laughs> okay. I think Green Bay, if you're looking at the percentage-wise. I mean, obviously you want to look at the future matchups. Where else yeah, you might yeah. want to use those teams. But 
if you look at these two games equally, I would say Green Bay has a much higher percentage chance to win. They do. They do. Just everybody's going to pick them. So, so if, if, if you have that one game, the Jake Luton special, everybody goes down. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. We're both on Baltimore, thankfully. Great. Um, last one, Monday night, the Bears, they're playing, they're hosting Minnesota, and they, they open as a two-and-a-half-point favorite in this one, 46-and-a-half-point total. Now it's flipped over where the Vikings are the two-and-a-half-point favorite, 45-point total. You know, I'm going to give you a little history action. The, Ooh, Bears okay. always, the Bears always beat Minnesota at home. <laughs> they just do. I don't know what it is. I, there's been many years, like two years ago or three years ago, when the Bears weren't even that good. They still beat them at home. Um, and then this is also, of course, the Kirk Cousins in primetime, not in Seattle tilt. Um, so I'm all over the Bears on this one. I know it sounds like a homer pick, but I don't know why. They're actually pretty close in the index. Now, granted, Dalvin Cook's been playing great, but the Bears' rush defense is great. They shut down Derrick Henry for the most part, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, similar, similar kind of situation. So are you on this with me? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I like this one a lot. I think, that, you know, Chicago's offense has been historically bad this year, uh, and that's going to be tough come Monday night. But I think that uh, even without – they've proven that they don't really care about running the ball, and now David Montgomery's hurt too. So right. uh, they're certainly going to have to look back to uh, drop back and pass with Foles on Monday. And I think that Minnesota's secondary can be gotten. Um, they certainly mm-hmm. improved the last couple of weeks, but – they showed us early on in the season that they're still young. And uh, just given all the trends in this one, I agree. I think that the Bears are the play. All right. We agree on the last two. It took us a while. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, let's go into the circa a little bit here. Uh, week nine, we actually did quite well. We were three and two, which doesn't sound great, but the consensus went one and four. So we actually kind of went against the trend and jumped up quite a bit. We're up to uh, 25 and 20 on the year, uh, 55, 55.556%. Gets us up to 5, uh, 568th place, which is decent action. I mean, that's that's not bad on the season. And then in quarter two, we're 315th. So we, we still have a shot in, in Q3. Um, so let's do it again. I mean, we've kind of identified, looks like we're on different sides of the Arizona Buffalo game. Different sides of the the Rams Seattle game, different sides of the Miami Chargers game, but <laughs> we're on the same side uh, going into the Bears game against Minnesota. Uh, looks like we, I guess you might have talked me into Carolina against Tampa. Okay. Um, I don't know. We didn't really. You you weren't interested in the San Francisco one. That was when it was eleven, of course. Um, but we both are on Cleveland, right? Three and a yeah. half. Three and a half versus Houston and Baltimore Baltimore seven at New England. So that's at least we got three that we agree on. Yeah. Yeah. I think think we both had a strong conviction to Pittsburgh as well. We'll talk a little bit more Saturday. Denver in the mix and also Carolina highlighted on my screen. Yeah. So we'll we'll get there. We definitely have the, the Bears, Baltimore. That's easy. Then we've got Cleveland. So we just got to figure out two more. I can't believe we're on different sides on all those games, but I don't know. And I can't believe you're back at Anthony Lynn, but that's okay. We can talk more about the Rams and Seahawks. That's one game I'll admit I wanted to do a lot more reading on before I make my final decision, mostly because I don't think that number is really going anywhere. You know, bouncing it underneath the three, I don't expect it to get anywhere near three. It's kind of a shame they didn't flex that game up too, because this, you know, the Baltimore New England game is yeah. But that's okay. I knew what they were thinking at the time. Um, okay, well we'll get there. We'll get we'll yeah. get to our spots. You know, we'll get our get our picks in. And you know, as you know, the Shockers are, are playing the in the semifinals and hopefully the finals on Saturday. So it'll be a big big day. Um, we play at twelve thirty on the first game. So nice. Trying to get our first championship. I mean, you you were a Shocker for many years. So you know, honorary Shockerness. Uh, we got a call them out and let's do this America. Um, other than that, I don't have a lot of plans this weekend as everything's, everything's shut down actually. Yeah. I think we're going to be holed up this weekend too, skipping the gym for the foreseeable future and oh, uh, got gym. home and saw millions of leaves in my yard. So I think that's on my agenda. <laughs> 
but but the rats are gone, right? They're, they're That's correct. Been eradicated. Eradicated. Get get out of here. You did no, you, had no, you had no chance against the Ferndale Rat Patrol. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, thanks everybody for listening. You know, comment. We we haven't had a crazy comment from our favorite commenter and, and proxy in a while, and, and my sister hasn't liked the podcast in three weeks. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> um, but hopefully your dad will still be the first download. Um, so follow us at Side Action Pod on Twitter and YouTube, and follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. All right, everybody. Good luck. Good luck, everyone. Week 10. I can't believe we're, it's already here. <laughs> like that. Yeah. That's a wrap for this episode of the Side Action Podcast. We appreciate all of your listens, and thank you for joining us. We'll see you all again next week on Thursday for some more hot picks and side action. podcast its owners and associates take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the show hosts or their guests statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of this podcast and opinions between talk show hosts may conflict individuals following the advice given on the podcast accept their own risk of losses from wagers made as the side action podcast its owners hosts associates or guests will not guarantee any advice given the opinions and advice given on the side action podcast is for entertainment purposes only Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Intro and outro and transition music credits. Song titles, Jerry 5 and District 4 by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.org. Licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 3.0. Creativecommons.org backslash licenses backslash by 3.0.